Cause, and I would be so energetically open. I'm reflecting on a specific time we were having a just hangout. It wasn't like a formal meeting or anything. We're all just kind of hanging out. I started going into this kind of thing. I could feel this uptake of anxiety around me. And I started kind of doing my process to move it out. And after then afterwards, Matt came over and he was like, did you just do that to me? Did you just work on me? I was like, well, why? It's like, well, because like I was feeling a lot of anxiety. And I was feeling really, really too much, too overwhelmed. And then I felt like you were taking it off of me. And then I felt better soon after that. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. This is Courtney Rose. Eric Osborne. And today we're talking about too much, man. You took too much. <laughs> I think I ate too many mushrooms, <laughs> dude. I was thinking today, uh, you know, one of the... <laughs> Like this conversation that you're going to listen to is about long-term exposure to psilocybin. But one of the great things about mushrooms is that rarely, maybe three times in my life of all the hundreds of times I've eaten mushrooms, maybe about three times have I ever thought, whoo, I ate enough. Usually it's like, that was a lot, but I probably could have eaten a few more. Yeah, so... In this episode, we come up with no definite answers on how many mushrooms are too many mushrooms, but it's a fun conversation, and there's a lot of anecdotal stories that we share. And we agree that Eric ate too many mushrooms in Jamaica. (laughs) Yes, that is one thing we did conclude officially. I'm still maybe a little bit back and forth on it, but... Yeah, well... I mean, I'm doing okay now, so... What is too much? That's the question, though. It's not for us to answer, for you, but we explore this topic in this episode, and I've certainly come to some realizations. Yeah, I probably don't need to eat mushrooms six times a month. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, (laughs) please do give it a like. It helps us a lot, helps more people find us. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, that is. If you're not, we highly recommend it, because we're quite... Sexy yeah, over here. Courtney calls this my Iggy Azalea jumpsuit. Yeah, so just for that reason alone, check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, give us give us a comment. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you think. What are your experiences with eating too little or too many mushrooms? Mm. And definitely, definitely, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review. Five stars, please. And those of you who are, because we're getting more of them, especially on the old iTunes or Apple Podcasts, your rock stars. We really appreciate it because that is what's going to help get this thing going. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. It just kind of struck me last night when you laughed in my face and said, uh, hell yeah, you took it too far. Uh, I was asking Courtney last night, you know, did I, did I push it too far in Jamaica? Because uh, there were some things that were happening in my uh, energy, in my physiology in the last few days that reminded me, can I actually, can I talk about it? I want to talk about it because it's really, I think it's, there's some value here, even if it's just for me. 
<clears throat> we can talk about it. I'm integrating. It I'm, I'm integrating <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff still. Uh, so my son and I were hanging out uh, in a parking lot the other day, waiting for my other son to get his prescription from the pharmacy. And I don't know what inspired it, but uh, we started doing laugh yoga. If you've ever, ever heard of laugh yoga, it's a thing. Years ago, I've heard people talking about this, where you like go and make yourself laugh and. It's an exercise, and so we were. Frightening. It's a little weird. <laughs> if you're not expecting. If you're, it. yeah, I mean, just someone just maniacally laughing for five minutes. Uh, so anyway, um, when we were doing this, I started like, like getting like this purgy feeling, and like a lot of mucus coming up, and it clicked. I realized that, you know, I used to spend hours and hours just. That freaks me out when you do that. <laughs> oh, anyway. <sighs> well, everybody used to love my laugh in trip space, and I think that it probably still Everybody do. might be an ex- exaggeration. <laughs> no, every fucking body, every single living creature within uh, the mile radius yes, that could hear it. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, it, yeah. And I, anyway, and that's not exactly outstanding, but anyway, it, it struck me. That I had not been laughing nearly as much as I used to. And then I kind of started thinking back on all of that. And remembering how many hours I spent in these extreme emotional states. And also reflecting that my my system, my physio- physiological system had gone through a pretty massive what seemed like a, a withdrawal almost, you know, or an adjustment, a downshift. You know, it's like going from like sixth gear to first gear without, you know, slowing down. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it just kind of had us in this conversation about too much, too much, too much psychedelics. What's that look like? And, uh, Courtney, I asked her I thought uh, if she thought I overdid it in Jamaica, and she very quickly laughed in my face and said, uh, yeah, to which I was kind of surprised. Well, so, you're just getting at me for not laughing enough. So, Well, it's interesting that you don't want to play laugh yoga and you don't want to take LSD. You know what? If I recall the other night after or get tickled. A half a Delta gummy, you were making fun of me for laughing and being ridiculous. Baby, I'm, and just silly. Gonna, I'm just gonna make fun of you. So, I'm gonna give you a hard time. It's interesting way. that we keep making fun of each other. <laughs> well, I read a headline on an article. Oh, well, then you <laughs> yeah, might have well the other day. So, well. so now I'm an expert. Right. Uh, that said that couples that pick on each other last longer. Oh, so lucky us. Perfect. We're gonna last forever. <laughs> Oh, I should tickle her right here on camera so you all see. Don't. I'm not going to. I know we've already. Then you'll watch Eric develop a bloody eye. Anyway, so it has this conversation about what is there such thing as too much psilocybin? You know, there there is no recorded um, lethal dose. There are some anecdotes of individuals who may have died from acute. Um, I don't want to say toxicity, 
Um, but system overload, maybe, um, cardiac arrest. I think there's only two cases that are speculative as being cardiac um, issues from psilocybin. One of those is a, was an infant, very, very young, that accidentally consumed psilocybin, and they think also maybe consumed some Galerina, deadly species. And then there was an individual in the UK, I believe, who had an arrhythmia or some kind of pre-existing condition, and he ate something like 150 Liberty Caps over the course of a day. Uh, he must have been hungry. Well, Liberty Caps are very little. They're very, very, very small. Still, no, it would lot. be. Well, I eat 75, um, not Liberty Caps, but Paniolis, Fineskis, or whatever they are now. But And there's a lot, no doubt. But, <clears throat> you know, they're little bitty, flimsy mushrooms. Um, Liberty Caps are significantly more potent. Anyway, there's only two anecdotal instances of anyone being of any potential toxicity coming from psilocybin. So uh, there's there's been no clearly established LD50 to my knowledge uh, as I've continued to read. But that doesn't mean that just because something is completely non-toxic in itself that you can't overdose, right? There are instances. Uh, there was a radio show where that lady did the water challenge, right, to see who could drink the most water, and she died from drinking too much water and the radio station was sued. Uh, and I think that was because they like flushed all of her electrolytes out or did something right. systemically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just because you can doesn't mean <clears throat> you should will help you live a more balanced, healthy, happy <laughs> life. Yeah. Enjoy. And so as psilocybin becomes more mainstream, um, I would love to share this experience and maybe it can provide insight for others. I knew going into Jamaica and starting those retreats, um, I knew that there wasn't any public documentation of someone that had taken as much mushrooms as I had. You know, there are stories of people who did like, you know, one really big dose or, you know, someone took a hundred hits of LSD and, you know, it's better off because of it. Uh, but, the long-term cumulative effects, uh, I don't know, have been really, we had the opportunity to study those well. And so I knew that I was a guinea pig of sorts, and I was grateful to be that. So is this uh, like a call out to researchers to study you? Oh, I've been asking for years. I've been saying for years, Please. study my, my brain. <laughs> Look at my brain. Um, yes. So anyway. Um, but no, I would love. I want to have this conversation and share my experience. Hear from you as an outsider what you saw. Um, there is such thing as too much psilocybin. It's it's a lot. There's a whole. Yeah, lot. it's a lot. It's a lot. Far more than any of you listening will likely ever come close yeah. to, or even see. You know, it takes like, a very special, special, mm. special individual to even. Begin to approach the interest of consuming that much psilocybin. Definitely takes a unique individual uh, to want to keep going back. You know, it's like you enjoy torture and pleasure equally. <laughs> yeah, that's about what I was going to say. Yes. Uh, so, so let's go back. Okay. Yeah. So how much was I consuming? I think that's the starting point, right? So. First of all, I want to say that in my early experiences with psilocybin, starting at age 19 when I first consumed psilocybin, the very first time I took mushrooms, 
I took them for three days straight. The first day I tripped, first night, I was like, oh, shit, I done found home. Well, I'm just going to stay here then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just ate. I had like a quarter bag of mushrooms, and I just ate the entire thing over the course of three days. On day three, I woke up with a massive headache, really nasty congestion, and just felt shitty and thought, okay, that was too much. So for the next few years there, I and, and I can reflect back on that, and I still I think that it was more of an energetic issue. Yeah, that's uh, what I was wondering, kind of mm-hmm. like when you do a cleanse, mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. on the third day you feel like total crap, yeah. like yeah. it's all coming out and you just feel horrible. I think that's what was happening. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, Hard so to know. It is hard to know. And there's no resources that we have or we can go to and, and discuss this and find find information. So after that, though, I felt for from like 99 to probably... 2003, four, maybe even like 2006. It was a while. It, if I ate mushrooms every three months, that was a lot. You know, you have an experience and you're like, well, that was massive. I'm going to sit on that for a while. And so for a long time, it was like no more than every six months. Uh, a big part of that was not having mushrooms, but also just it being such a big and powerful experience to not feel the need to go back there. And then even when I started growing my mushrooms, it really only became like every three months. It was not a really regular thing because I felt like it was so overwhelming and it was just such a big deal. Um, and so then started the farm in 2009 and I was out there where I had more um, time and space and was growing a lot more psilocybin. And at that point, I started kind of ramping up a little bit um, just because I wanted to explore the space more and felt like I had more opportunity to do that. So I started going in then about once a month. Um, so I went from every six months to every three months uh, over the course of, call it, seven or eight years until really close to 10 years, 99 to 09. So I started going every every month uh, in 09. And by the time 2011 came around, um, the mushrooms had then told me that I was going to start these retreats. They said to me that Jamaica was going to be the lighthouse of psychedelic wellness and that you were going to light the torch, which was... And still is pretty incredible to reflect on because that is exactly what happened. Um, it's crazy. I resisted it. I said, no, 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 no. And they said, yes, 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 yes. And so finally I gave in. And after that, I said, okay, well, if this is what you are going to have me do, then I need to know you inside and out. And so at that point, I started consuming high doses, 5 to 10 grams, uh, in like mid-2011, uh, twice a month. And in 2012, I committed myself to consuming uh, that uh, high dose, 5 to 10 grams, by myself every new moon and full moon uh, for the entire year of 2012 to prepare for these retreats. The retreats didn't start until 2013. Still kept taking mushrooms at least twice a month most of the time. It's maybe not true because when you and I got together, uh, we would take mushrooms probably once a month, and I... 
was finally in a relationship that I enjoyed, so I wanted to spend time with you. Um, my previous relationship, it sucked, and I was happy to go away and eat mushrooms. And so um, probably didn't eat them more than once a month when after we met in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was me coming in, coming in hot on the mushroom scene. Yeah. That was... That was a that was a struggle for me to try and get myself to eat mushrooms. And, every we, month. and we eventually <clears throat> backed off, I think, in large part because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. It was kind of like, I mean, it's not <sighs> eating mushrooms is something that like you plan to do it, and then you prepare to do it, you fast or whatever your process is, and then it's time to do it. And the mushrooms are sitting right there, and it's like, oh, is this really what we want to do tonight? (laughs) I know we haven't eaten any food for over 24 hours, and we've been talking about it for the past 48 hours, but like, we're really going to do this? Mm -hmm. Uh, There were a couple times we backed out. Oh, there were a number of times where we decided not to. Yeah. And it's fine. It's all worked out. It's all been good. so anyway, go to Jamaica in 2013. We start these retreats in November uh, 2014 and 2015, 2016 is when it really started going. Um, and during that time, I was we weren't doing retreats necessarily every month. They were probably like every other month. And I would then typically dose with the group every single time. So once a month, I was taking mushrooms three times a week. Or three times, yeah, in one week. Um, or smaller. Like, yes, smaller doses, oh, not okay. not like 10 grams, like three grams was my general dose that I would take with groups. Um, and then as that started ramping up, you know, then we started doing retreats every month. And people would want me to dose with them, and I would want to dose with them. And so it got to the point where for 20, like 2017, to 2019, at least, if not more, um, I was taking mushrooms minimum three times a month uh, over the course of a week. And sometimes when we would have groups that were 10-day groups or uh, two retreats in a month, then I would take either four doses or six doses in a month. Um, and that went on for a while. until we were dosing that often? In in the inner retreat, yeah. Okay. I guess from my recollection, I remember it being more like one to two times per well, by retreat. The time, by the time you came down there uh, in twenty and later twenty eighteen, uh-huh. twenty nineteen. And by the time you were living down there with mm-hmm. me, then I was I had pulled off a little bit and pulled back a little bit because it was getting to be a lot, especially when we this is probably twenty nineteen is when we started doing retreats consistently twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was just sometimes three times. Yeah. Sometimes. And that was just way, way too much. Um and there were a number of times over the course of seventeen to twenty where I did have concerns of whether or not I was taking too much mushrooms um, because I would find myself on a just an emotional roller coaster and with so much energy um, that I didn't know what to do with. So, So, yeah, go ahead. All right. So, 
we also have to consider that in the midst of, it's not as if you're a participant at a retreat eating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. It's that you're a, like the PIC, the person in charge of, at the end of the day, the buck stops here person for these mushroom sessions with people Mm. and eating mushrooms, not for yourself, but with the intention of Mm -hmm. helping other people move their own energy and being a, a, a founder and operator of an international business. That's Mm -hmm. like doing all of that whilst eating mushrooms, processing people's energy with like, absolutely zero percent time for integration yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so a few uh lsd doses in there too while we're at it um but yeah so you know i got a high capacity for um a lot going on at once right yeah but so i understand that this is completely you know everybody is different and i'm not saying that anybody should do what i did uh i'm not saying that less is better or more is worse or anything. It's so individual. And what you're saying is really true. It's also something that people, I would suspect that the majority of people listening to this podcast right now have no idea what you mean when you say you're taking mushrooms for someone else. Uh, And that is a very different level of um, engagement and processing, you know, because you are not just working with your own material. Uh, I still can't imagine. I guess the question that I don't know the answer to that I'm curious about right now is if I was to take mushrooms three times a month just myself without anybody else around, Mm -hmm. would that actually be more overwhelming? Because when... And in in, when taking mushrooms for other people, you are conscientiously, if you, if you, if you are, know what you're doing and you're good at this and you can, then you're conscientiously putting all of your shit aside. Like, none of this is, is mine. And so it's almost like you just become this pass-through vessel for other people's stuff. And I wonder if that's actually more sustainable than if I was to lay on this couch and take, you know, seven grams of mushrooms three days a week, once a month. You know what I mean? Because my attention is on them and everything that's around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, interesting to think about. Like, I mean, my logical answer might be different than my actual, like, probably would be different than my actual experiential answer, you know? Mm-hmm. I would think it probably depends on where where you or anyone would be at in their life. And, mm-hmm. like, in the instance of holding space for other people that much, and, like, if you were to be doing what you were doing in Jamaica in the retreat space a couple times a month, say, uh, and eating mushrooms on your own in between that, that Mm -hmm. like I would think that 
that would be a very rigorous experience. That's too much, yeah. Um, But if it's like just switching it out totally. That's what I'm saying. Instead of, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like like it is actually less on the system for me to be working with other people. I don't know that that's true. What what has you feel that way? Because when I'm working with other people and I'm tripping for other people, I'm like, it's like I was explaining to someone the other day that when I'm helping someone process information, I am not trying to get any specifics of information. I am just a pass-through vessel. And so I may be, you know, purging or doing whatever is going on to move this stuff or flapping like a bird or whatever it is um, to help move energy through but i'm not being overwhelmed with the secrets of the universe whereas when i trip by myself then it is it's usually that it's either my own it's either my own personal psychological material processing and and you know being with all of that or it is uh, you know, being inundated with all this kind of cosmic information or communications from, you know, beyond or whatever it is. And it's much more like, um, it's much more like just clocking in and clocking out when I'm dosing with other people. And then when that, when that session is over, then I, I, I definitely have some, integration to do um some processing to do myself but i don't know that it has that same like personal content that is even just like more dense so in the context of a retreat setting Mm -hmm. like in jamaica where a bunch of strangers are coming in Mm -hmm. every week or every other week whatever and heading into this extremely vulnerable uh, space. Mm-hmm. And for you too, like you're opening up to a certain degree, like your mm-hmm. energy field for them, mm-hmm. um, to which when I think about it like that, it's kind of like sex. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. opening your most vulnerable yourself up to other people's energies and having to conscientiously protect or have safeguards and like, you know, you don't know these people. So what are they going to bring? Like that similar level of energy exchange for complete strangers. (laughs) Like, and then they leave and they're gone Mm -hmm. and doing that over and over and over again, basically you're a prostitute. Um, (laughs) Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Am I a mushroom prostitute? Well, I guess we know the title for this episode. <laughs> I've never thought about it that way, wow. but it really seems like an accurate description. <laughs> thousand people. <laughs> Over wow. a thousand people have been inside of me. A bit of a mushroom whore there, Eric. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your new sanctuary <laughs> <laughs> <Mushroom> title <slut. laughs> 
Mushroom slut. Anyway, yeah. so compare yeah. that comparing being a mushroom whore to like, <laughs> and like you know, being an actual the more like indigenous community model, say, or just community model, mm-hmm. where say like Maria Sabina, mm-hmm. like her holding space for people in her community mm-hmm. regularly. And yes, of course there were foreigners that started coming in mm-hmm. and whatever, but like in that model where you already know everybody, you know what people are generally going through. You are intermingled. Mm-hmm. You're all like, you're, you're already integrated. Mm-hmm. The amount of energy that it takes to like, prepare yourself i would think like logically thinking of this would be so much lower uh holding space in that way intimately with people you're already so integrated with in community i mean even just thinking of the camping retreat that we did with sanctuary from of course i i didn't have the role that you had and i didn't eat mushrooms when i was holding space but like for me as a space holder and even administratively um, that level of energy energy that I put into that, Mm -hmm. it just felt so much easier because I knew Mm -hmm. already so many people there Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I already know. I'm going to talk to you next week. I'm going to like, in a way Mm -hmm. that's familial, like Mm -hmm. in a very natural organic Mm -hmm. way. I just wonder, like with sanctuary heading in, heading into this more of a model like this, where we're always like staying connected with each other. Are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit psanctuary.org to become a member and find more information. Definitely takes the pressure and the weight of being the like you said the person in charge it spreads that out a lot for sure right um because it's not strangers for the most part i mean there's a lot of new people coming into our community Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily looking to me to be the guy to do the thing for them and that's great in jamaica it was just inevitable people came there i'm the guy that knows the most or has the most experience um, you know, people see me on the podcast and all stuff, whatever they come there, they think I'm the guy that's going to be the, that's there. And I very often, very often, and I, if I think about like when I took too much mushrooms, so to speak, it was when I took mushrooms out of a sense of obligation. Like there were so many times when I felt like, okay, these people paid a lot of money for me to show up for them fully. And even though they don't understand and may never be able to perceive the ways in which I'm showing up for them, it's still my obligation to show up for them fully. And I did. And I felt like that meant taking mushrooms. Now, what I'm also finding too now, though, is that when I am working with somebody, even if I'm not taking mushrooms, and I'm gonna show, if I'm going to show up fully, it's maybe 
it's it's not a lot less exhausting. And because the mushrooms opened me up so much to this understanding of how to use my body and my energy as a tool, then like I, I can now go into that without mushrooms. And I feel like that's part of my that's part of my responsibility. What maybe is the biggest difference that I'm reflecting on now? <clears throat> um, I wonder if Matt over in the UK ever listens to this podcast. I love you, Matt. Uh, what I'm reflecting on now is that in Jamaica, a big difference for one with me eating mushrooms so frequently, I was always open. I was con- almost like just so sensitive and so such such a kind of a vortex that you know that why I mentioned Matt is because after the retreats were over I was very often still having to help the staff process right because and I would be so energetically open I'm reflecting on a specific time where we were having a facilitator just hang out. It wasn't like a formal meeting or anything. We're all just kind of hanging out. And um, I started going into this kind of thing. I could feel <clears throat> this uptake of anxiety around me. And I started kind of doing my process to move it out. And after uh, a couple of hours, you know, whatever, we're hanging out there. And then afterwards, uh, Matt came over and he was like, did you just do that to me? Did you just work on me and I was like well why it's like well because like I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I was feeling really really too much too overwhelmed and then like I felt like you were taking it off of me and then I, I felt better soon after that and and I was I was <clears throat> um because Did you know it was him but yeah yeah um but it wasn't just him. It was like the whole group there. But he was he he was the biggest part. But like that, that's what I found myself experiencing. That I was just so sensitive to energy, um, and so open to it that it would be. It was just like the job never ended. You know, there was one time tripping with Kevin and Tiffany and all that up at the Grove House, and I was like, <clears throat> just gonna take some mushrooms for myself and have an enjoyable day taking mushrooms around the mushrooms and I ended up like Tiffany started feeling all weird and and I didn't have a choice I was just like there doing stuff and helping her process stuff and she didn't even know it and then she like felt better and I remember Kevin saying it's because he's back there behind you doing shit and so you know it's just like I I don't I don't think it is the mushrooms per se right um it is it's what they opened up in me that became so overwhelming if that makes sense and cannabis can't be excluded from this conversation either right Mm -hmm. it's it is a psychedelic and i i still if i smoke cannabis particularly in groups of people, then it's it's not unlikely that I'm going to experience some kind of 
uh, this whole thing, kind of the way that it works for me. And so I know that as psilocybin becomes more accessible here in the U.S., and we have more people working with it, that there are going to be these issues that come up and people are going to have these questions. And I think one of the most important things to communicate in this is that, yes, you can go too far too fast, but this is, even still, this is a very forgiving uh, substance because if I could do what I did to the extreme that I did and I feel like coming back to a pretty n- normal place I mean I don't know what would you say like in the last couple of years as I've not been taking mushrooms like that what are the big differences that you see in my personality that would indicate that mm. I am readjusting if any well, whew, yeah, there's a lot, a lot there. Yeah, I want to hear everything um, that you think on this. Well, for one, what was coming up for me as you were speaking was, again, going back to, like, questioning the model um, of things, which we've done so much in this transition period in the last couple of years. Just wondering, like, because even as you're you're explaining, you're reflecting on all of that, you look stressed. Like just it not like you look stressed, but you can tell how stressed out you were. Just mm-hmm. revisiting mm-hmm. watching you speak, it's mm-hmm. just like your face just mm-hmm. got really like oh like strained and like that's how you walked or that's how you looked a lot. Like and I didn't I didn't even realize it until covid hit and the mm-hmm. retreats force stopped because mm-hmm. people couldn't get in and we had mm-hmm. to cancel all those retreats and then all of a sudden i mean it took like a month mm-hmm. but i realized wow you look good like you i didn't even realize you were looking so like mm-hmm. weary and tired and easily aggravated like I just had become used to it and I'd become used to myself being like agitated and tired and Mm -hmm. didn't even know and so (sighs) there's that Um, you don't look like that anymore you don't walk around like a constant state of like it looked like you were processing kind of like when you see somebody trying to solve a really hard problem (laughs) just like (laughs) just like just face scrunched up and that's kind of how you walked around looking and you were smoking cannabis constantly you were constantly yeah, yeah consuming cannabis there's that and it has me wondering like we saw so often therapists coming to Jamaica and therapists being some of having the most intensive, challenging to work through experiences that were sometimes like breaking on dangerous, like for them being like physically violent and other things, just seeing the amount of processing that they had to do Mm -hmm. in that experience, um, seeing that, 
and seeing you being the processor over and over and over again, mm-hmm. like has me, has had me wondering for a while, is this really the model? Like, is this the model we really want to perpetuate is having one person like a therapist that this is their one job mm-hmm. and it's such an intensive job with, in order to make it work, you got to do it all the time mm-hmm. and have very little time for yourself. Like this is the model that mm-hmm. we're finding ourselves in for pretty much most professions, I'd say like they hyper-focus on one thing. They do the thing all the time and generally are drained mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and have little time to experience other perspectives and integrate. And so it brings me back to sanctuary and what we're doing with our minister programs, trying to spread that weight, mm-hmm. as you say so often, spread that weight out amongst everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. And maybe not everybody, but mm-hmm. a lot more people in the community so that we can share that energy exchange. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen overnight because, like, I mean, you've been training for a position like this for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't happen overnight, but it just seems inherently unhealthy to be doing that intensive of work Mm -hmm. so often just doesn't it's like Mm -hmm. running a marathon every Mm -hmm. single month Mm -hmm. i don't who would say that that's a healthy thing to do no i think you're right i think you're right and i think part of the problem was my belief that um that's what makes a hero you know like that's what that's what shows your world the world you're worth is that you can just keep on going no matter how hard and how much so this idea that you know a therapist sitting there should be able to be a support for so many people or a single minister or a single teacher i think you're completely right um and i think we're gonna see this probably pretty quickly in the psychedelic retreat world you know we had a conversation today with uh, some folks out in colorado and they're talking about all the retreats they're getting ready to start out there and i just think to myself that folks have no no idea what they're opening up like no idea even if you're not taking mushrooms with people the psychic emotional weight that it that it imparts just in the session not to mention the preparation the integration and the ongoing support that people will need you know you have no idea how you know, when you open these doors for people, then you have a responsibility. I believe that we have a responsibility to them years into the future um, because so much gets unleashed. I have seen so many people who, after a couple of doses of mushrooms, you know, it's not like they were messed up or anything, but they needed a real emotional support. I need a real right, and right, and that's like I I do really wonder like when integrated in community, like I wonder how how different that would can look be so different. and feel if you really imagine like more of a village setting where mm-hmm. people are amongst each other, going about their 
business every day and naturally like letting things unfold together mm-hmm. in the midst of the people who were with you and holding space with you mm-hmm. in such an intensive experience, like living with someone. It's like, like you and me, like we live together all the time. Mm-hmm. And when things come up, like being able to work together every day throughout the day, we have time to like let things unfold and process things and bring things mm-hmm. up as opposed to like if we were to see each other once a week right it's like well it's it's right now and this is the only time we're going to have and yep. like the the how different that feels pressure. um yeah pressure and just like with the retreat model the the level of isolation that there is mm-hmm. when you depart um from that and try the energy it takes to seek out somebody to talk to who will understand just Mm -hmm. just that in itself the energy of trying to find Mm -hmm. someone to talk to or trying to get yourself to reach out to somebody even if you know who to talk to like reaching out in isolation Mm -hmm. from them living in another place in the world Mm -hmm. and just it's a totally different experience than integrating yourself being integrated in a community that's regularly meeting up mm-hmm. already. You don't have to be trying to plan to talk about a thing or mm-hmm. an emotion that you're feeling and schedule it out two weeks from now and like try and summon it back up. And mm-hmm. it's just so, so different. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly believe based on our experience that this is the future of how it's going to work. The, you know, the professional support model is not sustainable in this kind of work. I don't believe. I don't. I just. I just don't see it being that way, um, because of everything that we've experienced and everything that you're saying now. And you know, that is like you've already said it. But that's and it's not to try to plug it, but it's try to, you know, help people understand that if you want to get ahead of the curve, if you want to get the most out of your experiences, if you want to be able to, um, I don't want to say this. If you want the best safety net, you know, because there is, there are like, even though psilocybin is so safe from a toxicological standpoint, you need an emotional, psychic safety net. And the community is going to be the sustainable way to do that. Yeah, I'm over this way of this way we're doing things with like even look at our families look at, look at our presidency. Look at how we run the country, right? We have like this one person that's supposed to be the go-to guy, or hopefully someday gal. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Cause it's been or fucking someday. white dudes oh, for yeah. it's just like, are you? Are we ever gonna have like? Uh, seriously, I know. Like, seriously, we're still doing this. We're still, still only men, old white men. What the fuck? But I mean that that yeah. is emblematic of where we are, you know, culturally, and that trickles down into all of these other forms of leadership. Right? It's like the people. People lead in the way that they are shown. And so, 
And well, it trickles up too. I mean, the people are oh, yeah. like the pre that system. It's just reflective of the whole you see the them, whole system. Exactly. You see the presidents yeah. when they come out of office. Like every single president when they come out of office, they look fucking ragged. Right. Right. That should not. Nobody. Nobody should have to endure no. that kind of hellacious no. experience. I can only imagine what it's like no well and, and you know like i i, I did it i did it uh, not knowing you're the president i was the president of mushroom land for a while there <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whore <laughs> and the whore <laughs> and the right. mushroom whore <laughs> i was getting fucked from every angle um <laughs> but uh yeah no that's it's it's like it's just not fair to put that on anybody so, I don't know, maybe this conversation has evolved from is there such thing as too much mushrooms to is there such thing as too much responsibility for facilitators or leaders or however you want to call it. Um, well, um, because, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Okay, so, yeah, just to kind of come back to the how much mushroom is too much mushroom, have you worked with anybody who you felt like Wow, this person is consuming too many mushrooms. Yes. Okay, so yes. can you talk more about that? Um, yeah, that's great. Um, and it's, again, like it's not the same amount. There's no way that you can standardize what is too much for for a general population. Um, but generally, when you see someone who is maybe frantic, scattered, um sometimes paranoia uh you know if you just can't shut off the valve and the problem the challenge with that is that even like myself in that state it's like when you're manic you know i don't know if you've ever been through any type of uh manic state but can't nobody tell you to get off at a high horse can't nobody tell you to, to stop having fun the fuck what's wrong with you you're telling me that i'm I'm having too much fun, you know? <clears throat> so when you're on the inside of that, like, just, you know, explosive exploration and it's it's it can be really hard to, to see that you're getting out of touch, that people are not able to connect with you. Um, I'm thinking of a couple of folks who I've worked with who – you know, they had some very powerful experiences with the mushroom that were very positive, and so they just believed that, well, okay, then I should just take more, and I'll get even better. And there's some truth in that, but it's, it's it, you know, it's much more nuanced. Take more over longer periods of time. And so, like, there have been a couple of people who I have said to them, like, I really think it would be valuable for you to take a six-month break eating mushrooms. And that was not received well, you know, because they believed that they were continuing to get benefit, kept on riding this, you know, um, kind of state of mania. And each one of those individuals, at a certain point, the experience turned on them and became terrifying. And then they, you know, were like, holy shit, I did too much and every single time. And there's still a few people out there. Uh, like There's a couple people right now that I know that they need to scale back 
it would be beneficial to them anyway to, to pull back. And they're not doing that. At some point, they may very well circle back and be like, yeah, I, I went too far too fast. So you mean like from the inside, it's like they are expressing that they're feeling like what like they're getting a lot of great uh positive messaging or i never like, thought i was taking too many mushrooms as extreme as my emotional states were as open as i was like started having um like open eye visuals like i've mentioned to this to you at times but there would be like we'd be in bed and i would see lights all around you or you well towards the end of 20, I mean, mid-2020, I mean, well, let's see. When retreats picked back up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't the August mushrooms, 2020. Though, I felt like it was too much. It was the people and all the trauma and all the, the information. But I remember you people. specifically saying, I think I need to take a break from eating mushrooms. I don't think mm-hmm. I should eat okay. mushrooms. I remember there being, as like every retreat mm-hmm. would start. And at that point in time, like getting towards like July, August of 2020 and Mm -hmm. post COVID break. Mm -hmm. And you would say, I really don't think I can eat mushrooms this Mm -hmm. retreat. And I feel like I need to eat mushrooms for the Mm -hmm. people coming, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I really don't want to. Mm -hmm. And then you would, and then you would eat mushrooms. Even if it was just a little bit, I remember you Mm -hmm. like saying, I'll just, I'm just going to do like one gram or something like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. I remember you expressing that it felt like a lot, mm-hmm. like you're starting your tolerance or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Down, yeah. yeah, it dropped significantly mm-hmm. during that time mm-hmm. period. That's funny. Yeah, I do. I do remember times thinking like, "Yeah, I need to back off," and then when I would do it, I would feel it would it would be great, and I would get on that kind of that expansive state and like, but there, God, it's. It's so tricky because there is absolutely a part of me that that felt and feels still like there's no such thing as too much. And then there's also a part of me that felt and feels like it was complete overwhelmment and that I was just like I was cracking at the seams, you know. Um, So... Yeah, maybe I'm not the best judge. (laughs) Let's not ask Eric how much is too much, because he don't, motherfucker. No, (laughs) look at him. I mean, I mean, okay. It's It's, kind of my thing though with life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little bit of an extremist. Yeah. You know. Well, it does make sense in terms of. I mean, you can't ask like, what's that guy? the Navy guy, the Jacques guy who like gets up at four in the morning and the famous, God, his name is Jacques something, whatever. And he just lifts crazy amounts of weights and pushes his limits to the extreme or like Wim Hof or whatever. Like you can't ask somebody like that how much is too much, but you have the world like following their lead on things and being inspired by them. And it's like, you have people all over the spectrum and depending on like where you are in life, you're gonna have a different experience of of tolerance of things. And like right now, I would I'd be curious to see if how you would assess like knowing if 
how much is too much. Like after the past couple years of reflection and a lot more like stillness Mm -hmm. compared to the years prior to us getting back from Jamaica, Mm -hmm. if you have a, a more if you're more sensitive to your emotional states and being aware of them and cannabis being so incredibly like that was so heavily mixed in mm-hmm. to oh it was uh, the yeah that Sorry, questioning and confusion yeah. like um cannabis is a wonderful medicine and tool in this realm and it is something that is so easily like mm-hmm. uh, it catches up mm-hmm. and contributes to fogginess when used. Mm-hmm. I think for sure too much. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's something that used to come up to me very often when I would take mushrooms, and I would kind of ask the mushrooms if I've taken too much, and there was this. repeatedly it would come across and say to me whenever you take mushrooms it's the right time and there very much did become and there were there were many at least in 2019 2020 there were quite a few retreats where I didn't take any mushrooms at all Okay. I mean, like, no, but yeah, for sure. There were quite a few retreats that I didn't take any mushrooms at all. So, um, it's kind of like that whole thing that uh, Abraham Hicks and Bashar and and some of this same um, kind of sentiment is passed through in that. There's no such thing as what's right or wrong. Like, whatever's happening is what's supposed to happen. Now, that's a tricky statement because, you know, like, overdoses of other drugs or there were times when it was too much. Excuse me. Um, God, but there is also this... There is also this divine perfection of whatever is is right yeah i'm not not trying to bypass i want like for real i know i i know what you're saying and also because when i reflect on us living in southern indiana and having for me the most intensive mushroom practice of my life was during that time mm-hmm. uh like pre us having kids and international business and everything um and i remember a point where i felt like i was losing the ability to 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 interact with other people in a relatable way. Like mm-hmm. I remember a mm-hmm. point where I just, I felt like I could not walk into the city or a crowd without being completely overwhelmed and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I remember not enjoying that experience. And, and at the time I, I just thought, 
I kind of developed like a superiority feeling about it. Like I'm over here, like doing black belt training Mm -hmm. in the woods Mm -hmm. and y'all just don't get it. And I, that was a part of my learning experience at that time for sure. Um, Just part of my growth as a human. Um, But I don't, I, while I enjoy very much so like that kind of black belt training, Mm -hmm. I also enjoy being able to relate to community Mm -hmm. in a broader sense and is personally very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And my, and the mushroom during like at that time, same time, the mushrooms, I had a couple of trips where they were making like what I interpreted as they were making fun of me, like, thinking I was so like superior thinking my practice of eating mushrooms so regularly was like so important. And like, I remember a trip where I was like, I was yelling at whatever you want to call it, them, the spirit of the mushroom, that intelligence communicating with me. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, stop fucking with me. You're fucking with me. You're, trying to tell me to eat mushrooms and you're laughing at me and then like what am I even doing this for like you're just using me and it was like a whole week of me just being irritated with the mushroom and feeling completely used like the mushroom was using me for its greater like it's like greater scheme that I wasn't aware of and was just a little tiny tool in it and Mm. still you know I'm like there can be codependent relationships even with <laughs> even with uh plant fungi medicine mm-hmm. and that i do kind of feel like was one in a way where mm-hmm. i was just putting so much weight on the mushroom as a teacher mm-hmm. and not enough weight on my community as a teacher mm-hmm. like i just kind of started disregarding humans mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. being teachers and was so heavily focused on the mushroom so yeah, I, I feel like it's just like a constant, all right, let's check in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are we feeling yeah. about, you know, where we're putting our attention and on what? And so. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think thinking about it in terms of a codependent relationship is an interesting perspective. Um, and what you're saying about just reevaluating the relationship is valuable in all scenarios, like reevaluating, you know, whatever your domestic relationships, your work relationships, um, you know, all that. I feel I haven't dosed since the camping retreat, and I only took, I think, two grams then. Um, I haven't done a dose of mushrooms just by myself for a very long time. And I feel like that's the check-in that I really need um, because when you're doing this for, excuse me, for others, you're not getting a good, you're not really getting a good read on your own condition. So anyway, I guess we have no answers for our listeners. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know what's too much. We don't know what's not enough. It's just, um, you know. Eat some mushrooms and figure it out your damn self. I don't know. My takeaway mm-hmm. 
is this. Mm-hmm. We all need reflection. We need reflections mm-hmm. from other humans, from other humans like us embodied in this form in life. I feel like that is a big part of why we're here having this experience with each other mm-hmm. and Step number one in knowing if you're eating too many mushrooms is to ask somebody who you trust, who's who has a similar um, trust in the process or is familiar enough to know that mushrooms are safe, they're non-toxic, they're an important part of your life experience if that is how you feel about mushrooms. Somebody that's going to like talk with you in a non-judgmental way mm-hmm. and be able to point out like, well, you know, you have like changed in a kind of a way that I'm a little, I don't know, like wondering about. Like, none of the people that we worked with in Jamaica ever said anything to me besides did you. Did they not? Nobody ever. Well, for one, because that wasn't, while yes, it was kind of a community, it was mm-hmm. a business. Yeah. Nice. You're talking about employees. I think that's the key, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> boss. Hey, I think hey, you're... Hey, boss, uh, maybe you're going uh, too far with the work stuff. There, yeah, no. I think maybe there were conversations had behind your back. Uh, as <laughs> That's how Fair it goes. Apple. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that's Good how Good it goes, job. right? <laughs> so I'm talking about like peers... Like, who are your people? If you feel like you don't have any people to, even if it's one, one person that you feel like you are close enough with, who cares about you enough and is going to be real with you, um, then I like that's an important thing to find. And if that means going to more community meetups and like like-minded community events like go do that and find a friend that you can speak with because like it really is so nobody's gonna tell you like it's gonna be so hard to know that's what that's why i'm laughing because my takeaway is that you will never know if you're taking too many mushrooms it will take other people to help you figure that out yeah there we go that's the takeaway it's kind of where it feels like did did you and athena did athena ever say to you in jamaica i think eric's taking too many mushrooms She's a good. She's a friend, and I consider her like. Uh, I don't know if that specifically probably went more like. I think Eric needs a break, <laughs> like tomorrow, <Yeah. laughs> like quite a few times. Um, and I would say similar things to her, quite a few yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, we were all pushing it way too hard down there. Yeah, we were all saying the same things to each other I and really, feeling like in a... I don't know. I'm just really thinking about this developing industry here in the States and Colorado and and Oregon and you know, it's not... I, I don't want to try. I'm not trying to sound like I know more or anything like that, but I really truly feel like very few people have any idea what they're about to get into in opening... Uh, regular psychedelic retreats. Right. Well, it's only one way to find out what we're getting into with anything is to just find fuck out, fuck around and find out. And I, I, I hope that, <laughs> you know, that um, I'm sure there's going to be retreat centers out there that uh, want to learn from what other retreat centers 
There are not many of them that have been running for very long, but I would hope that they would. I'm confident there's going to be some that want to learn mm-hmm. how to do things better. And mm-hmm. hopefully part of that is like cycling through people to hold mm-hmm. space and not, you know, well, heavily what, relying on one or two. What we're doing at Sanctuary, I think the foundation of what we're doing with the Sacred Mushroom Seminary is hopefully we're, you know, this is something that's going to turn into a larger, long-term educational process so that we can help facilitators better understand you know, kind of how this all, how this works, right? Like the functioning. As we're talking here, I'm thinking about ayahuasca arrows and cultures where uh, this is a, you know, ayahuasca is an embedded part of their community. You know, you have people who are taking ayahuasca every weekend, and it's not just the shaman. Like, there are people in the community that come and sit with medicine every weekend, and nobody would ever say, you're not taking time to integrate, you're doing too much. But what they have is that spread out of the community. And if we can begin to better understand as a culture kind of the function, the form, and the function of the psychedelic experience, it is not just this serotonin response. Um, and we can help people understand how to better spread out that psychic weight uh, so that it's not this, you know, single responsible or just a few responsible individuals. It ultimately becomes more beautiful, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we have this hero culture in the United States where, you know, we want to be the professional. We want to be the expert, like you say. But like when everybody is just an expert in being human, I think that's so much more rewarding. It's so much more enjoyable. It reminds me of the the rainbow fish story that Theo yeah. has. You know, like you don't want to be. Sparkles. It's yeah. It's great to be the center of attention for a little while, but. It becomes a burden, and we like this celebrity culture and the you know the hero worship or whatever. It's just maybe maybe that is more of the issue than like how much mushrooms we take or how much psychedelics we take. Spread it out. Yeah, spread it out. Phone a friend, and. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> really felt like there needed to be something else in you. You're looking for it. But the power of threes, I don't I know. know that trinity. Yeah. 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 Spread it out. Phone a friend. And eat mushrooms. Eat a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> but not too much. Don't eat too well, That's why you got to call a friend so they can tell yeah, you. Yeah, and then you call the friend. All right. Well, well, once again, we have not solved any problems here. <laughs> Those of you who made it this far, listening. what are you really doing with your life? Comment below if you're watching on YouTube and let us know if you made it through this episode and if you felt like there's been a time in your life where you've consumed too many psychedelics and nobody or everybody was telling you to ease up weed. on it. Oh, boy. The weed. We could record so many episodes on cannabis, I feel like. I do the... Well, looks like you just did. Yet. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.